For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. What's up, players? This is the Talk of Champions Franchise Player. Always boss player. Forever. So at halftime of Ole Miss's 52-28 to 28 win over Vanderbilt, I get a text from a former Ole Miss football staffer, and this person says, the middle eight minutes usually decide the game. Almost got a late score, then got a stop. If they score here, speaking of the first drive it got in the third quarter, it's over. That happened, and Ole Miss rattled off 35 unanswered points to get a win, to move to 6-0, 2-0 in the SEC, dropping Vanderbilt to 3-3 and 0-2. But, David, up until that point, it wasn't pretty. How are you doing? I'm good, man. And, and you know what? I'm not freaking out like, like a lot of people were because we've been through this Vanderbilt game before where Ole Miss were he- were, was the heavy favorite and Vanderbilt rises up and sometimes beats Ole Miss. This is not that Ole Miss. This is a better Ole Miss football team. Look, they were off the mark in the first half. I, I don't know if it was a focus problem, a hangover problem after beating Kentucky, but really and truly it was never a problem. Look, Clark Lee had a great game plan. He was going to stop Ole Miss's run, make Jackson Dart beat him throwing the football, which ended up ultimately being what happened, and control the clock and limit Ole Miss's offensive opportunities. Halftime happened, adjustments happened, nothing Vandy wanted to do worked in the second half, and Ole Miss pulled away to the victory. So as far as halfway taking the freak-out peel or taking the freak-out peel, I'm not because Ole Miss beat Vandy 35-8 in the second half on their home field. They're 6-0. and Exactly where we thought they were going to be way back in the preseason. Now it's over. That's, that's the best way you can say it. And Ole Miss has a quarterback. Jackson Dart with 440-some-odd yards today, three touchdowns. Yeah, he threw a couple of bum throws that he wished he had back. Yeah, he short-shotted Jonathan Mingo on a sure touchdown that Mingo had to slide to stop short and catch. But the kid's got it, man. He's got it. All he's, all he's, all he's doing is winning games, winning games for you, put up a mountain worth of passing yardage today. Mingo emerges as 
what we all thought Jonathan Mingo could be. Jordan Watkins is coming along now. He had 117 yards himself today. And, and you already know what Malik Heath can do. So this is a team that's getting better, getting more rounded each and every week. I mean, man, I feel great about going to Vandy and putting up 52 points and 35 in the second half um, and only holding Vandy to that late mop-up touchdown and two-point conversion in the third and fourth quarters. Man, I, I, I struggle, I struggle on the surface to find issues with what we saw up there today. Obviously, everyone would have liked to have seen Ole Miss come out better and play better in the first half. But like I wrote on my message board at the Ole Miss Spirit and David writes for Inside the Rebels 247, there was no chance Ole Miss was ever going to lose this game. They weren't going to lose this I game. I never felt like it. Never felt like it. Not no. even when we were down 20 to 10. I, you know, I was just taking it in stride, waiting for what we saw happen to happen. Ole Miss has better athletes, better football players. And, you know, Clark Lee is a hell of a coach, but I think Ole Miss has better coaching. And it all showed its hand in the second half. Yes. You took Vanderbilt's very best punch. Ole Miss played poorly, and yet the best Vanderbilt could do was build a three-point lead. Now, they left some stuff out there, but that happens in football. Ole Miss left some stuff out there, too. But the story coming from this game today is not, oh, Ole Miss started slow. Should we be worried about Ole Miss? It's outscored Vanderbilt, like you said, by a ridiculous margin in the second half because over the last two games, wins over Tulsa and then Kentucky, Ole Miss had scored a combined three points in the second half. That was a whole story going into this game was what is going on with Ole Miss in the second half of games. And in this game, they flipped that script completely. So to actually face adversity, their second deficit of the entire season so far, and they responded and, and flipped the script and scored, outscored their opponent, dominated, put the game away. So that, for me, is the takeaway. It's not that Ole Miss started slow, but the way they closed it out, I would rather have that happen than the other way, where maybe they trail off and they're just trying to defend a lead in a four-minute offense that's kind of broken right now and try to milk a clock, right? I wanted to see them yeah. actually do this, and they did that. Well, well, the the opposite of that, is if you watch the Tennessee-LSU game today, when things started going bad for LSU, early in that game, they just snowballed, right. and they got out of control. That didn't happen to Ole Miss. That's about coaching, about player experience, all of those things that Ole Miss has that, you know, not looking ahead past Auburn, LSU doesn't have this year. And um, – this is a 6-0 and team. It's a top-10 team. It will remain a top-10 team. And, um, man, I, I just – you know, I'm not going to get on here and, and nitpick yep. because when you look at the stat line, it, it was incredible. I mean, come on, Jonathan Mingo, he breaks the school record for receiving yards in a single game. Right. 247. Jackson Dart threw for 448. I, I mean, that wins you SEC football games on a day when your running game wasn't necessarily hitting on all cylinders, partly because Vandy decided, hey, we're going to make this dark kid beat us, and he did. He beat them. Yeah. And um, yeah. He had two know, bad passes, but he beat them because coming into this game, Vanderbilt was giving up close to 300 yards, just over, I think, 299 passing yards yep. per game. If this is not the week – where Jackson Dart lights it up and actually has one of those real big breakout games. Because remember, 
He'd only, I think his season high was 213 for, I mean, coming into this game. And he had that at halftime. He did exactly what you needed to see. So I'm with you. I, you could nitpick and you could say, oh, yeah, but the two interceptions were bad. And they were bad, but it's a developmental quarterback. What happened? This is not the old days where Ole Miss and Vanderbilt go into a nail biter and Jonathan Nichols has to bail Ole Miss out with a 54 yard field goal. <laughs> this is not that. Ole Miss dominated that team like a top 10 team is supposed to do. You know, Georgia was trailing Missouri. Georgia came back and beat Missouri. That's what you do. You take their best shot, then you take control and you show improvement in the areas in which you needed to show improvement, specifically with Jackson Darton pushing the ball down the field. Jonathan Mingo had two 70-plus-yard touchdown catches. Yeah. Far more positive it, than any of that negative and, in the first half. And look, targeted 11 times, comes up with the ball nine times. Mm. But, but look, you, you want to know who I'm more equally excited about is Jordan Watkins, okay? Yeah. Seven yep. targets, seven catches, 117 yards. I I mean, that was big. Malik Heath, he was involved in the game, four catches, 26 yards. But, um, man, I, I, I mean, these wide receiver weapons, where back in the fall we all thought they were deep in the receiver room, they're starting to manifest themselves. And, um, man, I think you're going to see more 400-yard games for Jackson Dart. I mean, I, I really do. I mean, look, 25 of 32. He picked his own poison today. I mean, he sat back. He let things develop, read his progressions right. Two bad interceptions. We talked about that. Okay. Okay. So what? I think they scripted and game plan for him well, too. uh, I think, like, the early game script for Jackson Dart was really good. They incorporated short passing game on the opening drive that led to a touchdown, and he was five for seven for 55. It settled him in, and then he just cut it loose. I'll argue against that because I think whatever script they had for Jackson was burn at halftime when the run game wasn't working. Mm. And it was basically, okay, we can't call passes that are going to protect Jackson Dart from here on out. He's going to have to go out and move this offense. And he did that. So I'm going to give credit to Jackson Dart for that. I think that dime to Michael Trigg in the second half, I mean, that was a great throw, even better catch. Finally, Michael Trigg does something, and that catch radius was insane, but that's a NFL-level throw. Or even um, the decision-making. I, I know you can look at the two interceptions, and they were ugly. The second one was off of his back foot. I have no idea. I think he was trying to hold on to the ball. The first one was just terrible. It was a disaster play that you've heard so much about in regards to Jackson Dart from Lane Kiffin since he got here in the spring. It's what kept him from winning this job over Luke Altmaier before he was actually officially named deep into the season. And by the way, notable, Kincaid Dent came in yeah. with a minute, a minute and a half left in the game when the game was out of reach. And Jackson yeah. Dart was on the sidelines. That tells you everything. Yeah, I was going to say, if you had any questions about what's going on with Luke Altmaier, uh, that answered the question. I, I do believe, um, you know, the plan is Luke is going to leave at the end of this season. I think everybody already knew that. But Kincaid Dent is effectively your number two quarterback unless you really need a number two quarterback to be your number one quarterback, Um, if that makes any sense. I mean, if Jackson Dart were to get hurt, knock on wood, um, Luke Altmaier would play. But if it's mop-up duty, Luke Altmaier is trying to keep his red shirt intact. Well, every week on the Franchise Player Post Game Show, we hand out helmet stickers, pick who won the week, and preview the week ahead. Before we jump to it, Ole Miss was down 13-3 to in this game, and then 20-10. to 
<laughs> yeah. And they won 52 to 28. Had almost only won, I don't know, 34 to 28. 34 to 27. I could understand having some gripes because then the first half is the story. The story now is how they completely dominated the second half and flipped the script from what we'd seen from this team struggling in the second half, especially in the last two games, and dominating an SEC opponent. One of the worst in the SEC? Absolutely. The worst in the SEC East? Probably. But they did it, and they did exactly what you needed them to do to feel confident about Auburn next week. Vanderbilt has lost 23 consecutive SEC games. They're going to break that streak against somebody this year. I really they, like they, A.J. Swan, man. I really like that kid. And uh, Will Shepard is going yeah. to be a high-level Power 5 player once, once he gets in the portal in the offseason. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I, I'm telling you, and I don't have their schedule in front of me. They play Kentucky. They, they play Florida. There, there are some teams they can beat. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, they'll have to get a break or two, but but I'm going to predict that streak ends this year. They're, they're not an easy out, and uh, they won't be for a lot of teams. Let's hear from Lane Kiffin, then give out some helmet stickers. First off, <clears throat> I thought Vanderbilt came out with a lot of energy, uh, did a really good job, um, gave us some problems early, and, uh, you know, they were moving the ball, and, you know, shoot, you're sitting there with a minute left in the first half down 10 so 8 42 you go 42 to 8 from that point you know in sec football is uh, a lot of good things happening so you know we didn't tackle well today in the secondary um you know and so uh, and jackson made a lot of really good plays and you know usually has made one really bad one now he made two really bad ones in the same game so and we got to get out of those and can't get too comfortable when things are going well, like the second one. And, you know, it's an RPO and it's gorgeous. Hand the ball off. Uh, really cool day for Mingo to I think, break Elijah's record that was done here. Um, you know, uh, great job by him. Kid has just stayed, worked hard, and classic obstacles the way, you know, was so upset when he got hurt before that Alabama game. And, you know, had he not, probably wouldn't be here this year. You know, probably would have left. So, never know why things happen and he's just one of our coolest kids we have by the way that he works and totally unselfish never never ever asked about catches anything like that and then to break the school records awesome you guys really came out of the locker room in the third quarter explosive very explosive was that just a result of things that were said at the half or was yeah i just thought it was a great motivational speech by the head coach you know and did a really good job now. Um, they did what they were supposed to do in the beginning. You know, uh, we, we stopped them on defense. Uh, we took advantage of a lateral. You know, I think we went whatever, 28 or 21 nothing fast. And so, um, you know, that, that was good to see. And you never know, like we say every game, you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know. Last time we went on the road, we ran the ball 63 times or something. You know, and then today we throw for 448. Um, so, you just never know what's going to happen. I think this was the first time you guys have trailed at halftime this year. What, what do you learn about your team in a game like this? It was a strange feeling. You know, just, I mean, especially for this group, having never had that feeling and said, you know, hey, we've been on the other side of this. Now let's actually play a really good second half and a good fourth quarter, which we haven't done for the most part. So, you know, let's flip it. And they came out and did it. So, like we said, you can 
make anything positive, now we can say, hey, we actually got to play good second halves. I don't think y'all had thrown for more than 250 in a game before today. Just Was it kind of part of the game plan to try and take those deep shots, or was it taking what the defense gave you? Um, I mean, there's just you know some exams of, like you know, you got to go into the game you got to see what they do and then they start to once you do something well these guys paid money to coach you know and uh, they do and they did a good job you know with some run game stunts up front so there wasn't much pass rush at all when you do that so then you're able to sit back there and throw the ball so you know whenever you do something well and come in whatever top three or something in rushing the country people are gonna gang up to stop you and then once you threw then you saw that it was open up a little bit how important was that uh, touchdown right before halftime, not just score-wise, but momentum-wise for you guys? Huge. Like I said, this is the first group of this, these guys, you know, together down in half, and I wasn't feeling very good, and I've been in a lot of those. So um, that was really, I mean, you could see the energy myself, the sidelines, like, you know, on the long throw, and then, you know, to get stuffed on the first run and then put in goal line for the first time all year, uh, and those guys came through. What was different for you guys defensively in the second half? I, I don't know. It wasn't a major thing. We just, you know, we, you know, they had a touchdown run on a fourth down that we, you know, ran the wrong gap scheme and, and we didn't tackle very well. We still didn't tackle very well in the second half. Um, you know, really, you know, poor tackling by our secondary. You guys in this system is very critical, as you know, because the ball goes to those guys a lot. I apologize. You guys are undefeated halfway through the season. You're going to start being involved in the national playoff conversation and that kind of thing. Where do you think this team is right now halfway through the season? I mean, I'm thinking we should have played a lot better, so I'm certainly not thinking about the national championship. I mean, you and I watched that first half, so <laughs> we ain't worried about that. we got a long ways to go to improve, um, you know, to play in a matchup come back that, you know, we haven't won yet, you know, the one coming up Saturday. So we're going to need our fans. Um, you know, to re repeat their performance, you know, last, whenever that was, last week, um, and show up and, and give us a home field advantage. Another week where you guys kind of shuffled things on the offensive line. Where do you feel like you guys are at up front? Um, they pass protected well. You know, we got a lot of run stunts, as you saw, and we're really getting stuffed early. So, you know, I mean, I wouldn't have guessed the stats ended up being 7-3, you know, for Zach and, um, you know, 4-2 for Quint for Q because at half, I think they were like two yards a carry. So, you know, good good resolve. We obviously changed some things up with some perimeter runs because of all the interior stunts. Um, and the guys took advantage of game plan. And it was a cool third quarter because some of that stuff was, you know, halftime adjustments can be overrated, but were some really cool plays that we drew up at half that the players executed for some back-to-back -back touchdowns. The signs of summer are here. Freshly mowed grass, days in the water at the ballpark, and all the rest on the golf course. Well, that's how we do it over here at Oxford and Ole Miss anyway. And PXG Golf Apparel is here to make sure you're locked and loaded for round after round at University Course or Oxford Country Club. PXG has taken its mission to create the most high-quality, high-performance golf clubs in the game to their new line of apparel as well. With PXG Apparel, there's something for everyone. From pants, polos, and sweaters to hats, joggers, and skirts. You'll usually find me with a hat on my head. And PXG has nailed the fitted breathable. And my navy goes with pretty much anything. So don't wait another second. Elevate your style game on and off the course with the PXG Spring Summer 2024 Collection. Head over to pxg.com TOC and use promo code TOC for Talk of Champions at checkout to save 10% on all apparel.
That's pxg.com slash TOC, code TOC for Talk of Champions to save 10% on apparel. PXG, a proud sponsor of the Talk of Champions podcast network. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. We're going three. One, two, three. Let's go. Helmet stickers. Helmet stickers after Ole Miss's 52-28 win over Vanderbilt to move to 6-0 in the year, 2-0 in the SEC. David's proven prophetic here in that he predicted Ole Miss would be 9-0 going into Alabama. Well, so far, they can only win six games, and they've won all six of them. So you're on a roll, my friend, your first helmet sticker. Uh, it's got to go to Jonathan Mingo. Broke the school record for receiving yards at 247 in a single game, two touchdowns. Those touchdowns covered distances of 71 and 72 yards. Targeted 11 times, caught nine of them. If, if I had 10 helmet stickers, I'd give them to Jonathan Mingo. A huge swing in this game was on the second Vandy drive in the third quarter. Down 11, they appeared to convert a third and long with a 14-yard pass completion. But they were flagged for holding, and they had to punt back to Ole Miss. The very next play, Jonathan Mingo did this. Bounce back. They give him a couple of easy throws horizontally. Now a shot downfield. He lets it rip, and Mingo's behind the defense. Goodbye, Jonathan Mingo. Touchdown, Rebels. 71 yards. One of two 70-plus yard completions from Jackson Dart to Jonathan Mingo that resulted in touchdowns. And on that play, Lane Kiffin threw his clipboard again. So, of course, he gets the very first helmet sticker, does Jonathan Mingo, set the single-game record, like David said, for receiving yards. My first helmet sticker goes to Jordan Watkins, the um, Louisville transfer who started a little slow, but as Ole Miss was trying to figure things out, Jalen Robinson's been out with an injury. He went out again today, returned the kickoff, the opening kickoff, got a sweep on the very first play of the game, and then he heads to the medical tent. It's been the story of Jalen Robinson's career at Ole Miss so far. And Jordan Watkins has slowly stepped into that role that was originally designed for Jalen Robinson and gotten better and better and better. He finished, as David noted, with seven catches for 117 and a touchdown, including a long of 61. When Ole Miss needed a score, desperately needed a touchdown, down 13-3, to Jackson Dart found Jordan Watkins. So he's stepping up, David. Third down and six. Dart pumps, throws, completes. Watkins, the seize part for the Louisville transfer. There goes 11. Touchdown, Ole Miss. That's what you expected from him. He's kind of been slow getting going, but, man, he got it going today, Ben. Uh, the 61-yarder, that that was a thing of beauty. Beauty. Jackson, he wasn't even touched. The only person that came close to touching him was the referee, and that was over the middle, across or over the middle. <laughs> Your second right, my next sticker, yes. It's got to go to the quarterback, Jackson Dart, man. 25 of 32, 448 yards, three touchdowns. And, you know – it wasn't one of those sneaky 400-plus yard games. You knew he was getting there because of 
those long passes to Mingo and to Watkins, the big one to Trigg. But uh, going on the road in the SEC, throwing for 448, three touchdowns. Yeah, he had the two interceptions. We talked about those. Quarterback rating of 214.2, 78% completion percentage. And um, Jackson Dart is 6-0, and man, just like the Ole Miss Rebels. He gets a helmet sticker. Seems like we're giving him one every week. As your coworker at Inside the Rebels, Brad Logan, noted, Jackson Dart with his performance today passed uh, Shea Patterson and moved into seventh place all time <laughs> in single-game passing in school history. So good luck with your text later today. My second helmet sticker, I know defensively it wasn't the best day, but they played better, much, much better in the second half. And one player who was there all game, giving max effort, leading the way, mixing it up, was A.J. Finley, who finished with a team-high 13 total tackles, five solos, a tackle for a half a tackle for loss. And, of course, we could point to Ladarius Tennyson, who scooped the behind-the-line-of-scrimmage throw from A.J. Swan, Vanderbilt quarterback, the failing complete rule to fumble, recovered it, and then Ole Miss seized control with a touchdown with Quinshawn Judkins going in for one of his two. He now has eight on the season as a true freshman, but it was A.J. Finley who was setting the tone, Dave, 13 total tackles. Your third helmet sticker goes to who? It's going to Zach Evans, man. We know he's been beat up and uh, kind of playing with some pain with a hip pointer. Only carried the ball 11 times today, but 80 yards. Averaged 7.3 yards per carry on a day when they kind of bottled Quinshawn Judkins up. Judkins had 11 carries, 46 yards, the two touchdowns. But it was Zach Evans that kind of uh, was the brutal runner today, so to speak. 11 carries, 80 yards, one score. Zach Evans gets a helmet sticker. Quinshawn Judkins has entered the next phase in his development to where opposing teams are scheming to stop him. Oh, yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, you knew what they were, what their game plan was in the first quarter. I mean, they were, they were bottling everything up. It wasn't working. And, you know, I think somewhere along the way, Lane Kiffin consciously made the decision that Jackson Dart's going to have to fling this football. And mm-hmm. he did. And it was successful. And um, there you have it. I mean, Ole Miss's comeback kind of wrapped in a bow right there, along with one heck of a second-half defensive effort. And can we just take one second to listen to this beautiful play, this beautiful run of Zach Evans tiptoeing the sidelines and going in for six? Yeah. Cannot wait. We got a little taste of that last night. Sounds great. As Evans around the left side sheds one tackle, makes another miss, and scores. Hello, Zach Evans. Rebels in front. Zach Evans has been banged up, but now he looks like that former five-star, the top overall running back in the country in 2020, the decorated transfer from TCU. That run right there, that's what you're signing up for. I'm going to stick with defense for my final helmet sticker, and I know it wasn't the best defensive day, And especially in the passing game early on, DeAndre Prince, like A.J. Finley, was solid as can be and finished not only with six total tackles, four pass breakups, four. Ole Miss as a team had eight. He accounted for half of them. And this is a Vanderbilt offense that is run first, but Will Shepard has got top 15 team ability as far as being on the roster. That kid is going to be an NFL player. A.J. Swan really impressed me. That's helmet stickers in this edition of Franchise Player, a post-game edition. After Ole Miss's 52-28 win over Vanderbilt, we wrap it up every single time with who won the week. We're going three. One, two, three. Let's go. Who won the week? 
Usually, David, we go about an hour with these things, but Ole Miss beat Vanderbilt. They're six and zero, right? Two and zero in the SEC. You expected this, and I think we covered all the bases of how they started and how they finished, which was the most encouraging thing, and supersedes everything else that came before it. And looking ahead now to um, Auburn, who Ole Miss gets next, lost big today. I mean, Auburn's a mess. Who won the week? And preview Auburn for me. Well, I think Jackson Dart won the week, despite Jonathan Mingo's stat line. Um, Jackson Dart, the 448 yards at Vanderbilt, um, to me is 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 the thing that jumps out. Um, as far as Auburn goes, let's get ready and do it again next week. I think you'll see a similar game plan. Auburn has better talent than Vanderbilt. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Unlike Vanderbilt, Auburn has a forest fire going on behind the mm -hmm. scenes over there. Okay. Brian Harson's going to be on his way out. Um, they've got to push the reset button. And Ole Miss fans have kind of been through that. I mean, it's torture. It's torture every Saturday. You know, you're you're pulling for your team to do well, but at the same time, you don't want to want them to do well enough to keep that guy around. And um, it's kind of like kissing your sister every Saturday. And Auburn's not in good good shape. Um, as long as Ole Miss is focused, and and I think it was a little bit of lack of focus in the first half today. I don't think you're going to have that next week. There's not going to be any looking ahead. Um, and um, that's kind of how I see the, band, the the Auburn game setting up, if you will. Uh, a, a, a beat up, bruised, banged up Auburn team program that's got to push the reset button at some point this year. And who knows? It might be next Saturday. I, I, I mean, you know, if they're going to get rid of him, they could get rid of him after losing in Oxford next Saturday. Uh, they lost to Georgia today. The losses are piling up. It could happen. We got a whole week to figure it all out. Mississippi State was impressive today. Arkansas was not without K.J. Jefferson, who was held out due to injury. Kentucky's struggling with South Carolina here as we record. Will Levis didn't play. He still wasn't targeted against Ole Miss. Where does Ole Miss rank for you in the SEC? And do you still expect 9-0 before Bama? I would predict 9-0 versus Bama. But as the first half of Vandy showed us today, you know, look, man, these next six games are going to be tough. They're going to be tough. I would expect 9-0 with Bama coming to Oxford. I think you're going to have two 9-0 teams. Could they lose at College Station yes. if they're not on their A game? Yeah. Um, I'm not so sure the Rebels could lose at Baton Rouge anymore after Tennessee waxed them today. But one is Alabama. Two is Georgia. Uh, three would be Tennessee right now. And four would be Ole Miss. I mean, that's that's the way I would honestly rank the SEC right now. It's been another edition of Franchise Player, the post-game show. It was fun, man. I'll see you on Monday for Overreaction Monday. All right. Sounds good, Ben. Thank you. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. 
Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, Information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call. Click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.